traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, It's a hurricane again. I thought it was a tropical storm. It's a hurricane. Didn't they... It downgraded. Now it's back to being a hurricane. It, it sped up. All right, about to hit South Carolina. Good luck, South Carolina. Oh, man, this is a bad one. But again, good thing, good thing. The fatalities are not what that sheriff said initially. Remember, he was yelling his head off. Hundreds of people are dead. It looks like it's uh, no, no, way, way, way below that. I mean, just perhaps a handful. How about this firefighter who got uh, stabbed totally unprovoked? 61-year-old fire lieutenant. Wow. Gosh, what a terrible, terrible thing. Um, Hi, Jackie. Jacqueline, what's up? She's making all kinds of faces at me again, giving me thumbs up, thumbs down. What's up? Come on in here if you don't mind. Isn't that terrible? What a, what a, what a... uh, Do me a favor. Turn that music back on for a second. Here she is. Jacqueline, you gave me thumbs up, but I can't tell what's going on. How are you? Welcome. Good to see you. I'm sorry. That's because of the, the free delay. Yes, it was upgraded again to a, to a hurricane. It was only tw- there was only 12 hours where it wasn't. Hmm. Those were a good 12 hours. They were. Uh, what about this uh, FDNY EMT who was killed? What do you know? Anything? Yeah, I do, actually. But um, actually, Noam Layden did a rap for me on that. If you want to hear that. Just the gist of it. What's going on? The guy had a lengthy rap sheet. I'm, I understand he's been arrested like 100 times. Yes. There's been a lot said about that. Um, if we want, we can play Cut 24 and Noam can give you the whole story. Oh, well, we'll get back. Um, all right. Let's hear what Noam has to say. Thanks. You're welcome. Neighbors in Astoria say they knew Allison Russo as someone who had saved lives and helped make their community a better place to live. The poor woman, she came in here earlier that day and, you know, we made her breakfast. Next thing you know, I'm reading the news about an EMT lieutenant that's been stabbed and I'm like, are you kidding me? Russo, who had been with the FDNY for nearly 25 years, was on duty Thursday just a block from her station when a deranged man, unprovoked, stabbed her to death. Russo had told co-workers she was set to retire in just a few months. Noam Layden, WABC News. Well, thanks, Just about Noam. to retire. Yeah, I'm looking at the guy here, the alleged stabber. Boy, oh boy, he looks like a maniac. I'm sorry. Peter Zisopoulos, 34 years old, charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon uh, in connection to the deadly stabbing. This is, uh, this is pretty much out of control. This is an out of control situation. You know, I heard this disgusting man. What the hell is his name? Uh, Krasner. He's the uh, district attorney of Philadelphia. He's one of these crazy woke guys, just like Alvin Bragg. The rest of them, you know, let the criminals go. Uh, they insist that what they're doing is progressive and traditional. Well, no, it's reckless and dangerous. It's really bad stuff. And here we go. This is a uh, this is law enforcement, woke law enforcement in 2022. Cut 25. 
There are multiple things going on in the system, but it has never been the case before until we had reform prosecutors where people tried to blame just one entity. We all have to work together, and the reality is that we have been more and effective. And you are a reformed district attorney. Everybody, everybody in the country knows that. But maybe it's not working. It is working. The reality is that There's our a thousand people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. The reality is, when you look at all these different jurisdictions, we have had a devastating blow from the pandemic, and there is absolutely no correlation between being progressive or traditional and the rate of crime. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40 percent higher are MAGA states. They are Trump states. I'll say it again. The rate of homicide in Trump states, as compared to Biden states, take all 50 of them, is 40 percent higher. You know higher. Republicans say the opposite. It's all the blue Republicans lie. I mean, let's just get down to it. Republicans lie. That is what they do. Eight of not the ten cities without, not, well, okay, that's right. Not all of them do, but the MAGA ones do. Eight out of ten of the most violent cities are Trump cities. Like, we got to get real about this. Facts matter. <laughs> uh, wow. That's, um... That's a real scumbag right there. Krasner, K-A-R, I'm sorry, Krasner, K-R-A-S-N-E-R, the Philadelphia District Attorney. Other two of us. So what a game he's playing. So, And I knew the game. I've seen it before. Liberals like to play this, all right? So you can look it up. The 10 most dangerous cities in America are, are you ready? Um, Detroit, Michigan. Memphis, Tennessee. This is going back, by the way. You have to go back for the FBI numbers. You got to go back several years. You got to go back to 2019 for the for the numbers that he's talking about for the studies. All right. So number one, Detroit, Michigan. Number two, Memphis, Tennessee. Number three, Birmingham, Alabama. Number four, Baltimore, Maryland. Number five, St. Louis, Missouri. Number six, Kansas City, Missouri. Number seven, Cleveland, Ohio. Number eight, Little Rock, Arkansas. Number nine, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Number ten, Stockton, California. Now. This is what his trickery is doing. And then we're going to expose what's really going on here. Okay. So uh, if you go through that, if you just look at the states and not the city, uh, you can see that Trump actually won eight of those 10 states. So on my list, I'm going to take out, uh, let's see, number four, Baltimore. We're crossing Baltimore off the list. Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland voted for uh, 2016 for uh, Hillary. And let's see here. What's the other one? Uh, Stockton, California. California. I'll take that off the list. That uh, California, of course, went for Hillary in 2016. Now, he did say that the um, eight of the ten are mega cities. Okay, but he's playing a game here. They may be in red states, but let's talk about the cities themselves. We all know that. I mean. Local police, right? It's not the state police that fights inner city crime. It's it's local police. All right. Now, Detroit, Michigan. Does that sound like MAGA County, MAGA country to you? Detroit, Michigan is in a place called Wayne County, Michigan. OK, who won Wayne County in 2016? Hillary Clinton got 66 percent of the vote to Trump's 29 percent. And it goes on like this. Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis is located in Shelby County, Tennessee. Hillary Clinton received 208,000 votes to Donald Trump's 116,000 votes. Birmingham, Alabama is located in Jefferson County. And let's see here. Uh, Hillary received 156,000 votes, 51 percent, to Donald Trump's 44 percent, 134,000 votes. Um, and it goes on like this. St. Louis, Missouri. Whoa. 
Hillary Clinton received 78% of the votes, 104,000, to Donald Trump's 15%, 20,832. Um, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump more than two to one. 398,000 votes, 271 to Donald Trump's 184,211. Little Rock, Arkansas. That's in a place called Pulaski County. Um, Donald Trump, uh, 61,000 votes to Hillary Clinton's 89,000 votes. And uh, last on our list, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Donald Trump, 126,069 votes to Hillary Clinton's 288,820. Yeah, those are real MAGA cities, huh? That's MAGA. That's MAGA for you. Um, Oh, and something else that all of the mayors of those eight cities have in common. Hmm? I put them up on uh, TV last night, all eight of them. They are all Democrats. (laughs) They are all progressives. They are all like, what's his name? Larry? Larry Krasner. How about that? How about the... And just to do it, oh, MAGA Republicans lie. Can we disbar somebody? Can you disbar somebody for lying like that, for being so deceptive? You know, lawyers do say, I've heard this said before, lawyers, non-lawyers, if you tell the truth carefully enough, you'll never have to lie. Is that what he's trying to do here? All right. Anyway, the the, the ultimate result is deception. You know and I know that uh, Detroit is not MAGA country. Same goes for Memphis, Tennessee, or Birmingham, Alabama, or St. Louis, Missouri, or Kansas City, Missouri, or Cleveland, Ohio, or Little Rock, or Milwaukee. Wow. Um, but they tell themselves these things. And, you know, I, I do look at these numbers, and I wonder about running for mayor. I do. I wonder about, you know, like, gosh, can I really pull it off? Could I? Um, racial politics. Ooh, highly charged and very, very emotional. People don't really look at uh, look at this stuff logically. And the worst, quite frankly, are my uh, white liberal friends. Oh, my gosh, are they out of, out of their minds? Anything, any, they'll do anything to appear woke. Are there enough sensible people in New York City? I don't know. I just don't know. We'll have to run some polls. We'll take a look at it. Hey, I saw the most heartbreaking thing. A woman on social media took a video of herself, and she's obviously in distress. And I'm watching the video, and she's talking about uh, her life, and you know, she had to take the vaccine, and and half of her face is paralyzed. She said she came down with Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy. Have you heard of that? Half of her face is paralyzed. Um, and she thinks it's because of the vaccine. And she got the vaccine because, well, she wanted to visit friends and family and have a job and all that stuff. And so she got the vaccine and now she has this. Now, is it is it related? We can't say. We do know that every medication out there has some sort of side effect. There are outliers, big country, 300 million people. All that to say... How dare we have made that a mandatory vaccination? Something that was around for, what, six months? Six months? I mean, they rolled it out very, very quick. And that's fine. Look, I got vaccinated. I took stock of my body. I thought, I can take it. I feel healthy enough. All right. Yeah, I know. It might have some side effects. It may be brand new. But that was my choice. At least when I did it, it was a choice. Later, it became mandatory. I don't know if I would have done it if it was mandatory. But when I did it, it felt optional to me, and I opted to take it. There are great people out there, healthy, not healthy, with their doctor, with uh, whatever they're thinking internally. You know, who knows your body better than you? 
You know, I, I had this doctor once. He he liked to talk to me when I sat down. He would want to talk about television and Matt Lauer and what's Rosanna like and all these things. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, aren't you going to like examine me? He said, I am examining you. So what do you mean? My head? No, I can I can I can make determinations right here just by talking to you. I said, really? Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to check things out. But this is part of the evaluation. I can tell what you need. It's interesting. Everyone says, check the science, check the science, check the science. Well, I've heard that medicine is an art, not a science, because you can have very skilled, very credentialed, um, equally experienced physicians who will disagree with each other, will have 180 opposite views on the same matter. This is America, land of the second opinion. You never hear about that anymore. Well, I'd like to get a second opinion. Dr. Fauci, that's it? We're going to listen to Dr. Fauci and that's it? No, of course not. Of course not. Remember when Joe Biden said, we're running out of patience. Do it. Do it or else. Or else. Or else. Meanwhile, did you see Dr. Fauci? Somehow his net worth, did it triple or double? He went from $5 million to like $10 million during the during the pandemic. Did you? Did you? <laughs> they thrived. People in power find ways to thrive no matter what's happening to you and me. Dr. Fauci, well, he will resign by the end of the year because it looks like the Republicans are going to take over in a spectacular way and they are going to investigate and they are going to impeach people. And you know what, Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci, he might find himself in handcuffs. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There is a, oh, wait, before I get to that, this is, gosh, I heard about it and I, I kind of, oh, gosh, it sounds terrible, but this is, this is beyond, this is beyond this great hero, Lieutenant Allison Russo Elling. I didn't realize she's 61 years old. The maniac who allegedly stabbed veteran FDNY Lieutenant Allison Russo Elling uh, to death in an unprovoked attack, Queen's attack has been charged with murder. Uh, Peter Zispolos, 34, also faces weapons possession charges in connection to the census attack on the 61-year-old paramedic who was stabbed more than 20 times at 20th Avenue and 41st Street in Astoria at 2.20 in the afternoon. Zispolos followed Russo Elling before slamming her to the ground mounting her and relentlessly stabbing her, according to police sources and sickening video of the deadly attack. A witness confronted the madman. This is from the Post, by the way, but he snarled F.U., F.U., before stepping away from his victim and charging at the scooter-riding pedestrian while holding the knife, police sources said. The victim, whose injuries included a deep, lethal wound to the chest, was left unresponsive on the ground after her callous attacker ran off, according to sources uh, and the video. Let's see here. Uh, he was busted after he was chased by a good Samaritan and barricaded himself inside a nearby apartment. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essig said Thursday, police were able to talk him down and take him into custody on the third floor of the apartment. Russo Elling had gone to grab food when Zisopoulos allegedly stabbed her in what authorities said was a random and completely unprovoked attack. At this point in the investigation, there doesn't appear to have been any prior contact between them, 
an FDNY source said. He just walked toward her, sped up, and then stabbed her to death. There's an amazing photograph of her from September 11, 2001, at the World Trade Center. My gosh. Russo Elling, a 25-year veteran who was a World Trade Center responder on September 11th, was rushed to Mount Sinai Hospital in critical condition but could not be saved. She was about six or seven months away from retirement. Vincent Varial, president of Local 3621, told reporters outside the hospital where she succumbed to her injuries. She was talking about it, her retirement. Let's see. The FDNY acting commissioner, Laura Kavanaugh, called Russo Elling's death heartbreaking, adding she was stabbed in a barbaric and completely unprovoked attack. We lost our heroes, one of our heroes. Oh, man. She joined the FDNY as an EMT in March of 1998 and was promoted to paramedic in 2002 before becoming a lieutenant in 2016. Paramedics have a higher level of education than EMTs and are able to perform more complex procedures, including administering medication to patients and inserting IV lines. Russo Elling worked out of numerous EMS stations throughout her career, including Station 20, Station 17, Station 16, Station 45, Queen's Tactical Response Group, and Station 49. Um, a madman did this to her in the middle of the afternoon. In the middle of the afternoon. Uh, it's back on. I'm running for mayor. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I just. I can't. Uh, we can't let this happen. This is preventable. This insanity is preventable. We can stop it. We know how. And oh, by the way, I, I, we're not going to let Eric Adams hide behind the bail reform law. Yeah, that's one part of this thing. But there, apply creativity. You can arrest some of these people literally for spitting in the tree, spitting in the streets. Vagrancy. You can look it up. There, it's still a crime. It's on the books. What do we do? A residential neighborhood at two twenty in the afternoon. I don't know. I'm either going to do one of two things. I'm going to leave town or I'm going to run for mayor. And I think I know. I think I'm, I'm, I don't like the idea of running away. I don't. I also don't like the idea of coming home at night and looking this way and that way, wondering if I'm being followed and being harassed. And now wondering if life is seconds away from ending. You look at one person the wrong way, one person the wrong way. EMT murder suspects should have gotten rid of Mike. What are you? Uh, what are you saying here, Mike? What? I'm saying, you know, they 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 talked him down. They knew what he did. I'm sorry. They should have took him out right then and uh, there. Mike, Save well, there's yeah. a whole lot of time and taxpayer money. No, it doesn't work that way, Mike. It doesn't. We don't. Uh, we don't just shoot people like that. We don't. Okay, Mike. We don't. Sorry, I disagree with you, Mike. All right. And uh, cop. Bye. Uh, Yeah, just right. We're all angry. We all are very angry. Um, But the police, not judge, jury and executioner. Okay, And mistakes can be made in the heat of the moment. You want somebody opening fire in an apartment? Who knows who else is in that apartment? And people get killed all the time by the who are not the intended targets. All right. Stop it. Stop it. That's uh, 
That's nonsense, pal. Oh, man, this is a bad one. This is a bad one. Is this the inflection point? You know, there was a long time where uh, New York was looking for the crime that would change everything. I remember. And there have been instances like that. Do you remember that kid from Utah who got stabbed on the platform? And it was like 1990 or so. And it seemed to really create a difference, a greater sense of urgency across the board. I think I might know somebody. I'm getting a text message. Hey, Roger in Rockland. Yes, Roger, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Greg? Um, we spoke last week. I told you a story about um, Peter Ballone Jr.'s 50th birthday party. Ah, uh, yes, very nice. What's up? Your dad on the drums, and it was at Central, which is about 50 yards from. Yes, we talked about horrific. this last week. Thank you. Tell me more about this thing. No, 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 no. Oh, it was this nearby. Horrific, this horrific crime happened 50 yards from there, and I grew up in that neighborhood. Yeah, and it's a beautiful neighborhood, right? It's and then by the way, it's it's 41st Street and 20th Avenue. And um, it's it, it's an, a wonderful neighborhood, St. Francis of Assisi Parish. I grew up there. I was born two blocks away, and I lived most of my life five blocks away. And like you said, this is a really bad one. And um, I, you know, I'm just I'm praying that that justice can be done, and and uh, Mayor Adams can step up and, and actually put his. Unfortunately, he doesn't know anything. But uh, we're not giving up. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just going around the dial here, seeing what's on the news. Uh, Guess what the city council is talking about? Migrant resources. Oh, yeah, migrant resources. And that big tent city up in Co-op City. Guess what? The people who live in Co-op City don't want tent city right next to Co-op City. Making such a huge deal out of this thing, you know, and um, he, why not? It's fun. It's national. It's a national issue. Eric, Eric will have no problem getting on CNN, uh, Jake the Nation, this uh, this weekend, all those silly shows. That's what he lives for. Got to come up with a nickname about him and TV. You know, what do they call uh, what do they call John Kerry? John Live Shot Kerry. That was his nickname up in Boston. Live Shot, because he would always, always show up for the cameras. I had no real interest in government or getting things done. Um, and that's Eric. Eric, that's him. He does not care. He loves the suits. He loves the glasses. He loves the attention. He loves the, I do the boogaloo. Remember that? He actually said that out loud. He does not. Um, oh, you have that on hand? You have that handy? Uh, let's hear it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I don't like him. Well, go ahead. Oh, never mind. All right. So the city council is dwelling on the migrant situation, and no one is talking about Allison Russo-Elling. Maybe we should make that a thing. With great respect and reverence and admiration, Allison Russo-Elling, say her name. Allison Russo-Elling, say her name. Yeah, say her name. You know, we went through this whole Breonna Taylor thing, and I'm sorry Breonna Taylor died, but... um, a lot of lies were told about that case, Brianna Taylor. You know this in, in Louisville? Yeah, Brianna Taylor um, was not asleep in bed. Uh, she was standing up next to the guy with the gun who shot at the cops first. Um, looks like Brianna may have had a role in his uh, drug-dealing enterprise as well. Um, but Brianna Taylor, say her name, and uh, people would say her name, and then they shut the hell up, going along with that woke mob 
going along, just going along. Keep your heads down, just go along. Say what they say what you're supposed to say. Good luck to um Mr. Zeldin, Congressman Zeldin. We need him. We need him. I'll say this for Kathy Hochul. Um, she's spending more time at the beauty parlor, more and more time. She's looking more and more quaffed, quaffed. Uh, her clothes are getting more and more expensive. I can tell. I actually have an eye for these things, and I can tell. And you know what Lee Zeldin's looking? He's looking a little bit pudgier. He's looking uh, a little bit more tired. You know why? Because he's working his ass off, okay? He's going crazy. He's, he's, he's working. When you're hard working, you don't look a thousand percent. And right, you know, look at Eric Adams. He looks great, but you know he's not working. That's what you can tell. Somebody can look too good. You know, Donald Trump, you notice, look, he's a little bit big in the middle. Big in the middle. That's okay. You never notice how trim, fit and trim Joe Biden is. Yes, he's you know, totally out of it or whatever, but you got to give him this. He is trim. And he's always adjusting his coat in the most vain way. You know what I mean? Like, look at me. I'm dashing. He's too into that stuff, just like Kathy is. And Kathy, put that silly poll down. There's another one. Oh, Hochul leads Zeldin by. No, this is a competitive race. This is a competitive race. You can't look around. You cannot hear a story like what happened to this uh, amazing EMT from the FDNY, a lieutenant, Allison Russo-Elling, stabbed to death at the age of 61 on a sidewalk in the middle of the afternoon in Astoria, Queens, and say, yeah, let's vote for more of this. No, what we need is a radical change, and they need a wake-up call. You know, Kathy Hochul can't win this with her silly Rose Garden strategy. Lee Zeldin, vote for him and give him money. Save this state. And if you have ever had any beef with Cuomo for the COVID stuff or the $5 million he took while he was governor, while he was having the time of his life writing books about himself... Hey, you can't you can't do anything to him now. You can vote, however, his hand-picked lieutenant governor, you can vote her the hell out. Man, we got to make this happen. We've got to make this happen. I can't believe New Yorkers are really as that asleep. I just don't believe it. I refuse. The same city that elected Rudy Giuliani twice, uh, uh, Mike Bloomberg three times, is just going to roll over and go with Hochul, back to the beauty parlor. You can spend more time at your spas and your retreats. By the way, I believe that she's probably corrupt. She's probably a corrupt person. Corrupt official. I'm sorry, but wait a second now. $300,000 she took from a guy who runs a flimsy company called Gadgets R Us. Wow, Gadgets R Us. That sounds like a serious company. Gadgets R Us. And what did the Mr. Doodad want to do? He wanted to get into the COVID testing business. So arranges for his family to give Kathy Hochul $300,000. And presto change, Joe, he gets a $20 million contract for COVID testing, even though this guy has no experience in COVID testing. And it seems to me like the New York Times, the Daily News, most of them don't, don't care. Ah, you know what? She's anti-Trump. Ah, you know what? She's good people. She's anti-Trump. Nah, she's a Democrat. Come on. Uh, you know what? You know, she'll stand up for a woman's right to choose. Oh. That's corruption. That is corruption. Oh, and a little uh, fringe benefit for uh, Mr. Gadgets R Us. They put the son, the boy, 21 years old, on the Kathy Hochul campaign payroll. 
the Kathy Hochul campaign payroll. Isn't that amazing? So, Lee Zeldin, we are counting on you. I'm feeling very good about the midterms, by the way, across the board. Uh, Dr. Raz, everyone is finding out for real what a nut job Fetterman is. Now, I know that there are folks out there who can live in a little digital cocoon. You can be radicalized. You can be shaped by what you look at, what screens you look at. You know, I see all these college-educated, primarily white women, uh, yelling their heads off about Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know know what, they they don't want to be called a Karen. And they're talking about, you know, police brutality and police misconduct. These folks, they don't speak from experience, okay? They just don't know what they're talking about. But they read some stuff online. And they want to be popular. And they don't want to be viewed as, what's that word again? Yeah, a Karen. So they, not only they go along with it, they internalize it, and they just, they they try to outdo each other. This is the kind of stuff that uh, happens, really, in communist regimes. You know, the most fervent young communist and accuses others of being imperialist, capitalistic dogs, right? They're the ones, they're the most dangerous, the ones that are the most fervent. And a lot of people, so people were radicalized, just like terrorists can be radicalized. You heard about that. The New York Times actually once did a million, did a bunch of profiles on this stuff. Young men, uh, too much time on their hands in the Middle East, uh, hanging around, unemployed. Unemployment rates are crazy over there, especially like Gaza. You know, playing dice, playing cards all day long, and then they get radicalized. They go to they go to the internet. What do they find? They find acceptance. They find a, I guess, a perverted version of Islam. And then they get promises of all these virgins that are going to be available on the other side after you uh, blow up a school bus. Wow, that sounds radicalized. Now, we have a milder form of that. We don't have any suicide bombers yet. But it seems like we're getting closer to that, doesn't it? Hey, Joe Biden ran for president because of that fake story about Heather Heyer, who was run over by that nut job in Charlottesville, Virginia. I wish I knew more about that case. There's not as much out there as you might think. But if the reports are to be believed, and I basically believe them, that was a a total horror that young woman killed. But it's also a total horror that 18-year-old Kyler Ellingson was killed in North Dakota. Why was he killed? Because he's a MAGA guy. He's a conservative. He believes in... Conservative causes. He wants to make America great again. 18 years old. Some guy did not like that and ran over him. Ran over him. A week after Joe Biden said that uh, MAGA people are extremists and a threat to democracy. It stands to reason in a country of 300 million people, one or two or three or four or 50 or 100 or 1,000 are going to take those silly words, internalize them, and do crazy things about them. Joe, a lot of this stuff is on you. A lot of this stuff is on you. I hope you're watching the uh, the Newsmax show. We're making all kinds of, hey, how did we get from a situation where everybody used to love the police? Who remembers this from TV? Cut 23. Right? Very new Hill Street Blues. We cut off the next part, whatever, but Hill Street Blues, NYPD Blue, Starsky and Hutch, One Adam 12, Dragnet. 
uh, and a million other shows, probably too many cop shows, quite frankly, but 10,000 cop shows. And people love police until the Democrats, the mainstream media decided, no, we can, we're going to destroy all of this. We're going to ruin it. We're going to ruin America and we're going to rebuild it in a sick, socialistic type system. That's what we want. And that's what's happening. And you got these people outwardly, they look reasonable. They do. They look like, okay, this is a normal person, but they're, they're sick. Where's that Mr. Krasner again? Larry Krasner. Larry Krasner. Cut 25. There are multiple things going on in the system, but it has never been the case before until we had reform prosecutors where people tried to blame just one entity. We all have to work together, and the reality is that we have been more and effective. And you are a reformed district attorney. Everybody, everybody in the country knows that. But maybe it's not working. It is working. The reality is there are 1,000 people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. The reality is when you look at all these different jurisdictions, we've had a devastating blow from the pandemic. And there is absolutely no correlation between being progressive or traditional and the rate of crime. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40 percent higher are MAGA states. They are Trump states. I'll say it again. The rate of homicide in Trump states, as compared to Biden states, take all 50 of them, is 40 percent You know, higher. Republicans say the opposite. It's all the blue Republicans lie. I mean, let's just get down to it. Republicans lie. That is what they do. Eight of not the ten cities without lie. not. Well, OK, that's right. Not all of them do. But the magazine. All right. Do. So you got a guy who just even that statement, Republicans lie. And he is a district attorney. He is charged with so much prosecuting criminals but he already he just comes into the equation thinking republicans lie he reminds me actually this is very common among democrat attorneys general prosecutors uh eric schneiderman said the night he was elected he said what we are witnessing right now is the death of the republican party i just thought that is a very crazy thing for a for a prosecutor for an attorney i mean i know we have a political process to get these guys but when you actually have the job and by the way, for him to call eight of uh, the ten MAGA, MAGA, what he means is the cities are in red states, states that voted red. But you tell me, all right? Detroit, Michigan, Wayne County, is that MAGA? No. Hillary Clinton won 66 to 29 percent. Tennessee, Memphis, Shelby County, Hillary Clinton, 100,000 more votes than Donald Trump, 208,000 to 116,000. St. Louis, Missouri, 78 percent for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump's 15%. Little Rock, Arkansas, Donald Trump, let's see here, 61,000 votes to Hillary Clinton's 89,000 votes. Right, Th- these are MAGA cities, MAGA, right? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Donald Trump, 126,000 to 288,000 for Hillary Clinton. And uh, <laughs> we got to figure out a way to dispar these guys. I think that's uh, – with Steve in Long Island, yes. Never mind, Steve. Ed in Staten Island, yes. Yeah, hi. The uh, the Unite the Right party that uh, organized the Charlottesville uh, protest was uh, the guy who filed the permit was a guy named Jason Kessler, and he was an Occupy Wall Street and a big Obama supporter. So my take is it was the left 
who hired Richard Spencer, a self-proclaimed white supremacist, and he brought 50 of his nut jobs, and it was like 400 Antifa and 200 media. So it was all orchestrated by the left, pretending to be a, right, a right-wing organization. Uh, I, could, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, Jason Kessler is his name. You can't find any information about it. It's been entirely scrubbed. Jason Kessler is who now? He's an Occupy Wall Street um, guy who uh, applied for the permit to uh, stage the rally in Charlottesville. Well, listen, I will tell you this, and I've said it before. By the way, I think you're onto something. I need to know more. But as we both know, I do think you can be a totally good, reasonable person and be opposed to Confederate war statues. And that's a valid uh, mainstream point of view to have. It's also valid and mainstream to be for uh, the preservation of these monuments. It's total, And I happen to agree with that. Um, that's fine. And you can have that debate. You can have that discussion. However... Uh, when it comes to white supremacy and neo-Nazis, of course, that's abhorrent and we don't support that. And it also when it comes to Antifa and people who want to destroy this country and will destroy anything in their path. Well, that's wrong as well. And that's a point that Donald Trump was trying to make in the aftermath. Of course, he has been more misquoted than I think any person in the history of the planet. Uh, Kessler, I'm going to check that out. Many thanks, pal. And, uh, ooh, Sandra, before we go, hi. Oh, hi, Greg. Um, I wanted to tell you that my nephew came up with a lovely thing for you. It's called Greg Kelly 2024. His name is Brandon, by the way. And he says, I'm here to work, explanation point. That's what he thought might be a nice thing for you. What, did he register and, uh, the domain on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, online? No, I don't know. He just texted it to me, and I said, I'm going to tell you. What did he text you again? What did he text you again? He he says, Greg Kelly, 2024, I'm here to work. All right, but the only problem is the election's in 2025. So he's got to change that. (laughs) Okay. okay, And I want him to register it for me. Register that domain. Oh, oh, shoot. Better register it quick. (laughs) Uh, What else? Kamala Harris, that photo op with Kim Jong-un, kind of irks me the wrong way, because to me, Donald Trump, he kind of made the inroads with him. Am I correct? And all of a sudden you see her having champagne with him. Is that the same person? No, it's it's it not the same person. Kim, it, she, it, she did not meet with Kim Jong-un. She met with uh, the South Korean leader, uh, which Donald Trump met with as well. But Kim Jong-un, no. Here's Kamala Harris actually getting the whole situation totally confused. Uh, cut 14. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Yeah. We are not allies with North Korea, all right? Even though that Donald Trump uh, got along and made North Korea do what we wanted for a time. Thank you, Sandra. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Joe Biden is, uh, he's not managing the storm. He doesn't know what's going on. Did you see what happened at OEM or not OEM? What do they call it? FEMA. FEMA. He did not know the name of the woman who was standing right next to him, even though he pledged to, uh, you know, oh, I know her so well. We're so close. Where is this? Um, Let's try cut 28, please. Cut 28. And the FEMA administrator who's become the MVP here these days, I spent a lot of time in this room. Uh, uh, Griswell, uh, FEMA, and the entire workforce. Griswell. 
Griswell. Well, her name is Deanne Criswell, um, and she had a big smile on her face until he botched the name. Let's see if he's botched. Oh, he's live at the White House right now. Let's see what's going on. Directly to be able to get help. They're setting up disaster recovery centers and, uh, and shelters all across the state so we can get survivors registered for the help they need as quickly as they can possibly get it. Yeah, right. And if you can't get to a center, we're sending out mobile teams mm. in the communities to meet people where they are. Getting the power back on is also critical. All right, thanks. I thanks. To- I mean, he is so remote, so far away. Anybody who went through Hurricane Sandy, by the way, knows that that stuff does not go fast at all. The red tape, oh, the red tape will crush you, will crush you. You know, we nobody likes waste, fraud, and abuse, but in an effort to make sure there's no waste, fraud, and abuse, we've created so much waste, fraud, and abuse. So much, just, um, I remember my uh, aunt and uncle had to go through that. Oh, goodness gracious. And the insurance companies, you guys can be... Uh, you guys can be very difficult. Some of you are good, but ve- you can be really terrible. You know that, too. It's part of the deal. Um, did you see Kathy Hochul? By the way, if you were down in Florida right now or South Carolina, you'd need a gas generator, right? I mean, you would. You'd need a gas generator. Uh, you would need a uh, a gas-powered p- car. The people with Teslas are screwed, especially when the lights go out, especially when the lights go out. We're just not ready yet. And Kathy Hochul is declaring like she's the empress of uh, New York, the empress, that we will have all electric cars in like 10 years. Can you imagine this? Who does this, who does this person think she is? She is, first of all, you know, it's up to the people. It's not up to you. It's not up to, you got to also recognize you're an accidental person there. You're ac- this is an accident. You were picked because you were silly and weak. And mediocre. That's what Andrew Cuomo saw in you. That's unfortunately what a lot of number ones look for in their number twos. All right. They don't want their number twos to look any better than the number one. So they go out of their way to find mediocre people like you, Kathy. All right. You and your one term as clerk in Nowheresville and uh, one term in the House of Representatives. You know, that's very difficult to do, by the way. How many one-term members of Congress do you know? you got to really work at it to get bounced after one term. One term. You know, re-election is uh, like 99.9% for these people. Uh, I know there was some redistricting that went on, but they did not have the uh, the political medal to uh, stay in the game. And uh, Cuomo, Cuomo saves her. Uh, Jim, hello. Welcome back. Uh, where are you? Hey, Greg. Uh, upstate New York, a little town called Afton. You want to farm up there. I'm on the road right now on the thruway. Where is but, Afton? You know, Where is that? It's about a half hour east of Binghamton. It's it's like Oh, Mayberry. yeah. I really, I, yep, 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 yep. Anyway, what's up? Anyway, you know, people hear these amounts and it boggles their mind. They don't realize about the backdoor amounts. Like that $300,000 of Kathy Hochul, that was just to get her attention. Now she gives this company this contract. They don't realize all the backdoor money that they get. You know, and then this company here, we were buying those tests for five dollars a piece. They she wrote them a contract to pay thirteen, two and a half times more, and she's getting this money. Right there she should be impeached or brought you know, brought under investigation. Never mind the billion dollars she's putting in to the Buffalo Stadium that her husband 
works for the concessionaire company, country company that has the contracts there. Totally. You, know, you hit the nail right on the head. She was a useful idiot for <laughs> Cuomo who got lucky. She's a bl- she's the blind squirrel who got the nut. Very and quickly. Hey, real yeah. quick, uh, backdoor money. Tell me more about that. Backdoor money is offshore bank accounts. You know, like, I think Rudy Giuliani was talking about offshore bank accounts. That that Biden. You mean Cayman Mile? Well, I know about those guys. Her, I'm not so sure, but uh, we know we know she's no good. Thanks, pal. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We won't know. We won't know for 10, 20, maybe even 50 years just how much damage was done by that reckless and thoughtless shutdown of everything during the pandemic. Everything. Without thought. With Fauci. Could you imagine if Donald Trump said, no, we're keeping the country open? I think he wanted to, but he couldn't. He couldn't. The dynamics were such that it was... It was just not going to be tolerated. Uh, he had no choice. He had to go along with what the authorities were saying, what what Dr. Fauci was saying. And then he figured out Fauci is a fraud. Fauci is bogus. Fauci is not to be trusted. Fauci was out for himself in many, many ways. Number one, Fauci uh, was out for himself and monetarily making money. Uh, looks like he doubled his net worth. And also, Fauci was um, had to cover up, had to cover up and protect himself, because Fauci did arrange for money to go to that Wuhan lab for gain of function research. That's where you take the uh, you, the virus and you experiment with it and you you mess with it and somehow you make it even more lethal. I don't know why this research has to be done, but apparently it's done. And here's one small. Component. Hey, by the way, I'm looking at this uh, Allison Russo Elling, the amazing firefighter who was killed um, just yesterday, stabbed on the street. Uh, 61 years old, on active duty with the fire department since 1998, attacked at 2:20 in the afternoon by some madman who should not be on the street, but is stabs her 20 times. Um. I wonder if we'll see this on the news. She actually, there's a great picture of her with Mike Pence, the former vice president, vice president Mike Pence. A lot of the uniform serve. It doesn't matter where they are politically. It has no difference whatsoever. I don't care if she posed with Kamala Harris or Mike Pence. But anyway, it was just a moment. And uh, this is, uh, there should be more attention. I feel like something must happen. There's a great turnout by cops and firefighters at the hospital. There always is. But it's happening too much. Too much. I don't sense any change in the modus operandi of city government or the media. Do you? Is something different? Does anything feel different in the air? Does Kathy Hochul suddenly seem to be running scared? She should be, actually, because I do think she's going to lose. I think she's going to lose bad. And that will be, hopefully, yet another wake-up call to... Although, did they rig it so much that Democrats will always remain in power where they have power now? I wonder. I do wonder. So look at this. Donald Trump was warning us during the pandemic about depression, about drug addiction, about suicide. Remember that? From the very earliest uh, stages, earliest days of the shutdown, 
He wanted to get the hell out of it. He wanted to get out of it by Easter. Remember that? Oh, he's so reckless. How could he talk like that? Well, he talked about the depression and the suicide and the drugs and the alcohol. It's going to destroy lives. And he was right. He was right. Listen to this. Now, I hate talking about this subject because it's a downer. It's depressing. And uh, but it's it's a fact of life. It happens. Wall Street Journal. The U.S. suicide rate rose in 2021 after two consecutive years of declines. Federal data showed underscoring concern about mental health in the shadow of COVID-19. The suicide rate last year increased 4% compared with the rate in 2020. Provisional data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention showed on Friday. The rise was driven largely by suicides among men. Males age 15 to 24 experienced the sharpest increases at 8%. It's disappointing to see that it went up at all, said Jill Harv K. Friedman, Senior Vice President of Research at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, these are staggering. From a public health standpoint, these are staggering, staggering numbers. Mental health conditions and suicide risks have been an area of greater focus for health officials, doctors, and lawmakers recently, partly because the strains of the pandemic. You know, it's fascinating. When Donald Trump raised those issues, you know what they accused him of? Lying. They said he was lying and making it up. They never gave him credit, by the way, for his amazing instincts. And his common sense. It does make sense, by the way, right? If you make people stay inside, cut off contact with family, with friends, with their job, with the structure of life, that you might really mess with people's heads. You think that might happen? Of course it might happen. I remember Yamish Alcindor, the smug Yamish Alcindor, all fat, dumb, and smug. Standing up, Mr. President, what evidence do you have to establish any of that? What evidence? How about checking your brain? We've all been gifted common sense, right? Except those in the swamp. And unfortunately, they still have a hell of a lot of influence. You got to go out of your way, way out of your way to not succumb to their poison. Counselors answered some 318,000 calls, texts, and chats to the Suicide Prevention Network in August, according to the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. The suicide rate in the U.S. rose some 35% from 2000 to peak in 2018. From 2018 to 2020, the rate declined some 5% overall. Suicide rates kept rising through 2020 among some groups, including teenage girls and black and Hispanic males. According to data, researchers at the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics found in the report released Friday that overall age-adjusted U.S. suicide rose to about 14 deaths per 100,000 in 2021. They're real... You know what they call these? The death of sorrows. I've heard that term, the death of sorrows. And even before this, you know, our life expectancy in America is going down. We are a civilization in decline. No borders, drugs pouring in, everybody running around worshiping idiots like the Kardashians, Lizzo, Lizzo and her flute playing fat ass, Lizzo, 
What the hell disgrace was that all about? Huh? What the hell is a Lizzo anyway? I got to look at it, I think. Lizzo. The Kardashians. Yeah, I, I remember when Paris Hilton was uh, was threatening to ruin America. That was That was benign compared to what we're going through right now. Benign. Everybody on their silly phone. And you know what no one ever talks about? God and Jesus. Oh, boy, you bring that up, they call you a holy roller and shut up. You're offending people. How dare you talk about that? You could offend somebody. Oh. It's kind of funny that we're actually, people are suddenly worried about offending people. Got the most offensive society yet. <laughs> people put it all out there, say whatever they want to anybody about anything. Except Jesus and God. Oh, then you're on your own. Oh, then you must be silenced. Ooh, actually, Jesus and God. How about just um, man, wife, daughter, and son? Yes, gender norms. I believe in gender norms. I also believe that, generally speaking, society should be set up, especially for kids, as the default position is heterosexual. I think that's okay. And by the way, the default position is heterosexual. I've heard varying uh, estimates on how many people are gay. Is it 4%? Is it 10%? It's probably somewhere around 5 Doesn't really matter. Um, but I do think that sexuality must now be driven totally from the schools. Totally. We cannot trust these substitute teachers. They are the craziest, by the way to talk about sex and what's happening right now in San Francisco. There's this campaign for kids to not have a, what do they call it? Vanilla sexuality. Don't be vanilla. And what's vanilla? Vanilla is a uh, boy likes girl, girl likes boy. That's vanilla. You can't be that way. That's not cool. That's not hip. You got to be uh, bisexual, gay. You got to be transsexual, pansexual. You ever heard of pansexual? What is pansexual? That's somebody who is aroused by a um, flat screen TV, apparently. Okay, somebody show somebody a chair and they're going to get erotic ideas in their head. San Francisco, I always knew it was a little bit screwy, but. And Gavin Newsom, in a rush to be embraced further by the left, they already love him because, uh, well, he's skinny and he's got big hair. He's made, uh, what does he call it? California is now a sanctuary state for children who want to undergo sex change therapy. So if you're 11 and you live in Connecticut and you're convinced that you are uh, a boy when you're a girl or a girl when you're a boy, and are you really convinced that? No, someone has suggested as much. Some weirdo pervert has put that idea in your head. And by the way, gender dysphoria is a real thing, but it's incredibly rare. It's very, very rare. But nevertheless, however you got the idea that you're gender gender dysphoric, you can go to California and they'll hook you up with all kinds of hormonal therapy and all kinds of surgery. Whatever you need, 11-year-old kid, you're safe in California from your pesky, annoying parents who have their own ideas about how to raise you. No, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom knows better. 
Can you believe that, Christine? Christine is in Middletown, Connecticut. And Christine, by the way, is one of my favorite type of transgender people in that she made the decision when she was how old again, Christine? I came out at 52 three years ago. Now, listen, Christine, I um, let's be clear here. Now, I know, and you told me before that, you know, you had decades of suffering, and I wish that never happened. But let's reiterate, you do not think that this should be happening to kids, and the conversation is being forced, and it's it's artificial, and it's phony, and somebody has a somebody has an agenda behind it, correct? Yes, Craig. You know, the problem is a lot of states have statutes that allow mental health professionals to um, treat minor age kids without parental consent. This is how these kids are getting on hormones or puberty blockers and surgery. I mean... This is insane that this comes from the schools, too. And, you know, if you do run for mayor, I would like to ask you, I'd be more than happy to speak to the NYC Board of Ed or the New York State Department of Education and why this madness has to stop. I got a better idea. How would you like to be my human rights commissioner? Uh, I'm in. All right. um, They they, they have that job. I mean, I'm not sure. They have that job. And um, we'll take a look at that. So, uh, by the way, how would you I, I assume, you know, other transgender people and people talk about the LGBTQ community. And I don't think it's a community because that's just assuming that one's orientation dictates their political viewpoints. But I mean, do you have any sense of what percentage of the T and LGBTQ community feel like you do? Um, I would say it's conservative. We're, we're not that many. Uh, we do have we do fight like liberals and conservatives that are healthy and non gender dysphoric. We do fight with each other. If many other like liberal trans people are here on this call, I'm going to get taken to the woodshed about it. But I don't care. But I'm here to speak the truth. You know, we can't touch our kids. The, the idea, Greg, that anyone wants to medicate a body going through puberty. You're, you're playing Russian roulette with their long-term health. And I can't just sit and be quiet about it, sir. I love it. I love it that you're out there and speaking out. And by the way, gays against um, gays against groomers—they're fabulous. Hey, I just remembered. Did you ever see the movie The World According to Garp with Robin Williams? No, I didn't see that. You might want to see it because James uh, uh, Jonathan Lithgow plays a transgender individual, ex-football player, becomes a woman. And is actually a, a very sympathetic and very cool character in this thing. Again, made the decision as an adult. And that's what we're all about. Absolutely, whatever you want to do, but wait until you're 18. Christine, keep up the fight. Thanks. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, I saw Anderson Cooper on the Kelly and what the hell is that show called again? It used to be Regis and Kelly, Regis and Kathy, Regis. It's uh, Kathy and Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Um, and Anderson Cooper was on. And Anderson Cooper has a new podcast, guess what, about Gloria Vanderbilt and all the stuff he found when he was cleaning out the house. Um, I, I, Anderson Cooper, how long is he being getting his clock cleaned by Fox News? All right, I mean he's like the the least watched yet most overexposed broadcaster in the world. Um, is he still? Does he still have the gig at CBS? At, at yeah, he's on sixty minutes. 
For a while, he had a daytime talk show on Fox, on CNN, and showing up on ABC. Nice. I would bet. I actually think that because he's a I think he's a genuinely curious guy. Um, I think he's probably a little mystified as to why does he get all this attention? What what is it about him? Is he is he that skilled a communicator? Is it is it really all that? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's identity politics often. Identity politics, office politics, identity office, uh, right? Identity politics to get elected, identity politics to get promoted, identity politics to get this gig, that gig. Absolutely. It's just about anywhere. Anyway, good for him. What are you going to do? Hey, if I were him, I'd take it too. Um, let's see. But yeah, he's okay. Who cares? Anderson Cooper found Gloria Vanderbilt's love letters from, uh, gosh, I remember I was in Iraq. I think in 2003, and I was reading in Esquire magazine, back when we read magazines, there I am in some bombed-out building in the middle of Baghdad, and uh, he is um, writing about, I don't know, something that his brother went through. It was a sad story in Esquire magazine, and I'm sitting there in a war zone, and I just felt like, okay, you know, is this really worthy of everyone's attention it quite frankly gave me some confidence because i thought you know what i've been i i'm seeing some things i've been through some real things i not saying it wasn't real but was it worthy of everybody else's attention i don't i don't know about that anyway uh good guy but a little bit overexposed rocco in brooklyn yes Greg, how are you um, I just want to let you know, or discuss with you, when you when you state sometimes that's going to be an easy win in November, you know, these idiots, they think, okay, maybe he's uh, uh, right. Number one, I never said, easy. hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I never said easy win in November. I said easy win in November. It's a difference. No, I never. <laughs> I, no, I said I I really, I mean, look, I, I, I do think he's going to cream her, but you got to work like hell. He's got to work like hell. You can't take anything for granted. He's working like hell. And Rocco, tell it to me straight here. Have got you it. have you donated money yet to Lee Zeldin? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. Yes, yeah. at least a hundred dollars so far. Really? I donate I, all in all through the candidate. Listen, Greg. I don't want just him to win. I want them all to win. I want to crush these people in November. Our country is being destroyed. Our kids are being abused. Okay? Real quick, my son, he just left the military. You know why, Greg? Because in the barracks, men were sleeping with men. And this is no joke. This is what's going on. And I want us to crush them in November. I don't want to see one Democrat anymore winning anything because— they're sellouts. Wait, let me ask you something. What, your son, he was in the Navy, I bet, right? Yes. Ah! <laughs> sorry. I, well, they were doing that way back when, too, believe it or not. Too much of it. But all right. I'm sorry that that was happening. That was happening. And it shouldn't be happening. It should be a well, it shouldn't be happening. However, to be honest, I'm all for um, I'm all for, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I actually thought that don't ask, don't tell was a reasonable compromise. Uh, but I do think that, that gay people should be allowed to openly serve. Uh, I don't think the military should be in the business of transgender reassignment surgery. Too much, too much, uh, too much. Uh, all right. Tell me more, man. Give me, oh, um, did I insult him there with the thing about his, uh, about the Navy? I hope not. 
Uh, Rocco, thank you very much. Good point. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough election. Got to give money. Got to uh, get out there and vote. But I think I think it's on our side. I think it's I think we're going to do it. I really do. Uh, Carmine on Long Island. Yes. Greg, I'm going to make your day. You know, I love you, right? Uh, Thank you. I sent you the book. Oh, yes. Thank you again. I think you're getting a second one, Greg. I thank you three times. Because, yeah, well, listen, I'm going to make your weekend, and uh, I just got your domain for gregkelly2025.com. How much did it cost? Not a lot. I'll be happy to transfer it to you. I just wanted to get it before someone else who uh, is against us got it. Oh, man. Did you spell my name right? Uh, One G... One G G R E G K E L L Y. Yeah. All right, all right. The campaign has begun. Greg Kelly, twenty twenty five. Thank you, sir. Carmine, seriously, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for the book, and thank you for doing that. By the way, I think I got your information. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because uh, I know that's that costs like fifty bucks or so. I'm gonna settle up with you, and uh, I so appreciate it. Okay. No, it's my gift to you, please. Uh, well, you already gave me the books and uh, all that stuff, but uh, okay. I got to get you something nice now. Thank you, Carmine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So uh, two million people uh, still without power down there in Florida, and I guess South Carolina is being hit right now. Uh, bad, bad stuff. Hey, I had Jack Brewer on. Last night, you know this guy, an amazing individual. He played uh, football in the NFL. He's an entrepreneur now. He's a big time conservative, uh, big friend of Trump. And uh, you know, I asked him because he was down in Florida and he just come from Fort Myers, and he had a beautiful answer response. Like you know, people do wonder, people of faith, even you know, well, why why does God allow things like this to happen? And he has it all figured out. He does. He has a plan, and it all ultimately does work out um it, it's it's amazing he did he said it 10 times thousand times better than i can um and jack is uh i would guess i'm a bit of a baby christian you know and jack is uh he can whip out a bible verse like that i told him i asked him once how do you do that he says it's discipline you know and you got to get up and you learn about the bible every day and i'm getting there i'm learning i'm studying uh but there's nothing like jack brewer and sometimes an event like this is designed to get our attention. I have noticed in my life, whenever a setback comes around, or what looks like a setback, if I if I don't get angry, if I remain trusting in God, if I obey God, that so-called setback is almost always, actually scratch that, always something beautiful and something that will yield great fruit. If you trust and if you obey. Hey, by the way, let's see here. So an army major who used to be a man and then came out as a woman. And, you know, everybody in the LGBTQ community, according to the left, is a great person, right? Uh, They're just it's just amazing. You're just a it's, of course, not true. Um, Everybody, (laughs) everybody has demons. Everybody, anybody. I don't care. Me, you, people go astray. It happens. Your sexuality, your identity has nothing to do with whether or not you're a good person or all that stuff. 
or how close you are to God or not close. But listen to this. A U.S. Army major and her anesthesiologist wife have been charged with scheming to help Russia in its war against Ukraine by trying to hand over medical records of American military patients to Moscow. The Justice Department said on Thursday, what the hell would them? What the hell would they want with our medical records? But listen to this. Major Jamie Lee Henry, 39 years old, and Dr. Anna Gabrielian, 36, allegedly gave the highly sensitive healthcare data to an undercover FBI agent who they believed worked for the Russian embassy last month, according to the unsealed indictment. Henry made headlines in 2015 as one of the first known active duty officers to come out as a transgender woman, though the indictment refers to Henry as he throughout. Uh, and I remember this vaguely. You know, it was all applauded and, oh, wow, what a great thing. And I'm like, what an irrelevant thing. And what a distract. It's a distraction. You join the military to be on a team. And the team really was about unity in the uniform and commonality of purpose, not what made you different. Now everything, it's so anti, quite frankly, it's so fundamentally against what the military is supposed to be about. It's really not about the individual. It's about it's about the team. It's about everybody. And uh, differences are actually supposed to be obscured when you're involved in something. You know why? Because military activity, defense of our country, is important, is so so incredibly important. Let's see what else about this individual. The couple started hatching the plot after Russian President Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine in February, according to the indictment. Gabrielian allegedly contacted the Russian embassy by email and phone to offer her and Henry's assistance. I still don't get what they thought they could provide by doing this. What what advantage? Let's see. While Henry allegedly had reservations about handing over the health records, because it would be in violation of the HIPAA Act. True. Uh, her wife had no hesitations. Well, violations of the HIPAA Act. Yeah. Nobody's, everybody's health record is supposed to be private. But why would they give it to the Russians? Gabrielle allegedly told the agents during an August 24th meeting in Baltimore that Henry was a coward over the HIPAA concerns and that she violated the law all the time. By the end of the August, uh, by the end of August, Gabrielian had passed along information on both current and former military officials and their spouses. Okay, well, our enemy could do all kinds of stuff like this. I don't want anybody seeing my medical records. Anybody, uh, my doctor, and that's pretty much it. I guess my do I really want my wife? Yes, she can know. At least five of the patients were stationed at Fort Bragg, where Henry was a doctor. I'm sorry, but when you when when your identity, when your sexual identity is that important to you that you have to undergo this procedure and make a big deal out of it and uh, stand there for pictures, I think that's a problem for the military. It's incompatible with military life. Absolutely. Barbara in Huntington, yes. Welcome back. How are you? I'm going to be in touch soon. Tell me more. Okay, Greg. Well, as you're talking today, there's so many things you said that I really can relate to. And the one you said just recently is about we are part of a rotting civilization. And there's a writer, Hilaire Belloc, who passed away in 1953, a French man who was a historian and so forth. And he described exactly what we're seeing today. For example, with the, the murder, the brutish murder of that EMT in New York City, he described it as 
we have barbarians among us. And that is what we have, not only barbarians, that is uncivilized people, but savage barbarians who are brutish and brutal and vicious. And that's what we saw. And he talks about these barbarians. He says they um, they take our art, music, drama, and even simple amusements and warp and twist them. They tear down statues and debase our cultural inheritance as we bow and kneel at their feet and beg forgiveness for having the audacity to exist. Oh, my goodness gracious. This Hilaire Bullock, what a smart person. And you're very smart for being familiar with Hilaire. I never heard of the guy. Uh, again, again, this is amazing. What book is that in, please? This is, I don't know what book. It's from his writings. You could find it by just searching for Hilaire, H-I-L-L-A-I-R-E, Belloc, B-E-L-L-O-C. Barbara, can I ask you a favor again? All right. I want you to give all this information to our call screen. All right. I want to investigate this one more time. All right. You're so good to me. Would you mind? Okay, no, that's fine. All right, thank you, Barbara. Hold on a second, okay? Uh, Barbara has such great stuff, and she's so well-read and learned, and and she's a warrior, all right? She's out there trying to move the needle, and she works with this group, and it's uh, they really are making a difference. I would love to join it, although I don't know if I'm uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm well-read enough. Hilaire Bullock, that is a new one to me. Uh, how about you, Reese in Farmingdale? Hello. Hello, how are you? Nice speaking with you again. Hmm. Welcome. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's something like I told your producer, your call screener there, that uh, I hear a lot. Everybody says it, and it seems to have lost its meaning. What? People call them Democrats hypocrites all the time. And it's a word that's overused because that to, to be a hypocrite or accuse somebody of being a hypocrite, that person has to have shame, and the Democrats have proved they have no shame. What's going on now is an overt message to criminals, Democrats, a dog whistle, if you will, that it's open season on Republicans, conservatives, and they can get away with anything right now, almost like a purge, a one-sided purge. You know, you're on to something. Um, if you look at what Joe Biden said the other night, I mean, that was a call for a purge. That really was. MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. I mean, how dare that guy? And it goes back. I told you, I listened to his inaugural address, and he said that, uh, what did it say? He said that, uh, you know, he's for unity, and he wants to bring this country together. But that means unity for him means one party, one way of thinking. There's no place for MAGA in Joe Biden's America. Hey, can I ask you this, though? You say uh, hypocrites, you can't be a hypocrite. Unless there's shame present. Are you sure about that? Well, a person could be a hypocrite, and you can accuse them of being a hypocrite in an effort to kind of chide them, to correct them so that they can see themselves. But they know what they are. They're incapable of feeling shame. They make an excuse for absolutely everything they do, and there's only one means to an end, which is gaining power. Mm. And they don't care if they have to lie or sick the criminal element on the rest of the country to do it. 
Well, I feel shame all the time. <laughs> I, I just, oh God, if I, uh, boy, if I raise my voice at somebody, I just uh, come back two seconds later and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, shame is unfortunately, um, I feel like it's a constant companion of mine. I feel like I'm a little bit too prone to that. Um, anyway, Reese, interesting observations. What's up with the name Reese? Uh, it's a derivation. You've asked me about that before. It's a very long name, and it's, I, I, I selected the the most prominent part of the name, and that's why people call me Reese. That's a pretty cool name, to be honest. I knew a Reese once in the in the military. Reese. Well, Reese Witherspoon. Hey, it's a girl's name. <laughs> I don't mind having that picture. No, it's all right. No, no. And the guy I knew was a guy. All right, Reese. Thank you. And uh, I'll be right back. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, That young and promising and very gay Pete Buttigieg is on CNN right now. Now, why do I point out he's gay? What difference does that make? It's a good question. What difference does it make? Well, the very reason he's... The Secretary of Transportation right now is because of his sexuality. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, really is only his business. Nobody else cares. But, but, but um, the political world cares. Every political journalist, 90% of them were obsessed for some reason about this guy being gay. Uh, and I believe he was encouraged by all that stuff to uh, run for president when he was the South Bend Mayor, South Bend, Indiana, population four, uh, 400, 4,000, 40,000, something like that. Small town, small town has no business. I mean, I don't really believe in all this white privilege stuff, but talk about white privilege. Who the hell do you think you are, 36 years old, running for president of the United States, and you're the mayor of South Bend, Indiana? And what's worse, what's worse, all these silly political reporters took him seriously. Now, why do they take him seriously? Well, he had a couple of things uh, that they really like in that world. Number one, being gay. Absolutely. And they wrote story after story after story. Here's how he came out in high school. Here's how he came out in college. Here's what his parents thought. Here's what his boyfriend thought. Here's his favorite book about being gay. Here's his favorite movie about being gay. Here's his favorite political hero who's gay. All this stuff, thousands of stories, thousands, and all that attention, uh, well, Got him, uh, I think he won Iowa. Did he win Iowa? I think he won Iowa. Uh, until, of course, he gets to South Carolina. And let me tell you there, the people uh, are not impressed with your sexuality. All right? They're not. And they shouldn't be, quite frankly. Imagine me running for mayor based on being a straight male. Right? Hey, I really like those women. I mean, what did, well, okay, uh, unprofessional. It doesn't really apply to, okay, now, what are you going to do about the subways? What are you going to do about the? Well, they never never really got to that part with him. Now he could fool them a little bit. Oh, he had something else that they really like in that world, the political class, uh, uh, Ivy League college, and here's the here's the ice cream on the cake, a la mode style. He conned his way into the military, a backdoor way into the military. Um, he's as much a veteran as. Mm, a guy who was in the Boy Scouts and runs around saying that they were in the military. I mean, the flimsy, phony baloney deal this guy pulled. And now he's on television pretending that he's helping to manage this uh, this crisis in Florida. Uh, 
politics, politics. What a silly, gross game. Really is. But I may do it for my fellow man. I really would. I really would. It would be a sacrifice. It would be public service, as opposed to Eric Adams, who's just climbing up that greasy pole. Oh, trying to get that, trying to just get, 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 get. Joe in Staten Island, welcome back. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Good. I have a couple quick questions for you. Um, did you hear about the ship that's coming to Staten Island that Eric Adams is going to order? He's going to put all the migrants and all the uh, illegals on there? Uh, yeah, I heard something about a cruise ship, yeah. Yeah, he's going to bring those and, and another quick question. What <clears throat> happened to Greg Grant uh, um, on uh on Newsmax, the guy was great. What happened to him? Uh, yeah, I uh, he was on at eight o'clock. I love that guy. I stay in touch. He's he's got a radio show in Los Angeles. He's doing some other things. Uh, hey, listen, it happens in television. You know, every now and then you get tapped on the shoulder and say, you know, that's it. It happens. It happens. It's not the civil service. You know, it's not the kind of place. Uh, you know, who has the longest show in history on cable TV? I think it's Hannity. But that's the exception, not the rule. You know, so. He's not coming back. He's uh, as far as he may get a weekend show. He might be dabbling on the weekends. But uh, hey, do me a favor. Uh, let's t- stop talking about that because that's a sensitive personnel issue. Okay, <laughs> I have a feeling, Joe, you know that. So, what else? Oh uh, no, I was just wondering what you thought about that ship coming to Staten Island. I mean, I mean, how come people are not fighting about it? Just, they're just letting this happen like this, and nobody's saying anything about it. Is it really coming? I mean, look, I got a lot of balls up in the air. I don't know. Should I be fighting about that too? Um, the tent city, the tent city is being built right now. At least you could pull that ship out. I mean, it parks and then it could, then it can be directed out of here pretty quick. All right, Joe, thanks. Uh, what is the latest on that? I heard a little bit of buzz and now they're all about the $500 million tent city on Orchard Beach, which, oh, by the way, nobody in co-op city wants it there. And taking up, that's a, I actually have been to Orchard Beach many times in the winter. It's a great place to uh, get away from it all. It really is. It's right there in the Bronx, but it's very peaceful. You can go for a run. They have great running trails. You can go for a walk. And um, I like it a lot. I've been. Uh, I've never been, though, during the summer. I've never swam there. Actually, I was once. What I The first thing I noticed is no waves. No waves. That's a Long Island sound for you. No decent waves. Uh, all right. Uh, Jeff in Manhattan, yes. Hey, Greg. So, you know, in the beginning of the show or at some point you were talking about Dr. Fauci. Yeah. How do we get criminals like Fauci? I don't want to label Governor Hochul as a criminal yet, but we all know she is. How do we get those people, hold them accountable for what they've done and what they're doing? We all know Dr. Fauci basically created a problem, invested in a solution, made a lot of money. Why isn't this being investigated like they've? basically investigated everything they accused Trump of, which doesn't exist. Uh, I love how you just put it. (laughs) He helped create a problem, then invested in the solution to the problem that he helped create. And now look at him. All that money. Dr. Fauci, he's not a very cute. He looks cute and cuddly, but he's a bad guy. Uh, Well, step one, Republicans take control of the Congress. uh, November 3rd is November 3rd. Uh, that's the election, so they'll hopefully be running things by early January. And uh, Rand Paul has said to these guys, clear your calendar and lawyer up. Uh, the first step is Congress. Now, I don't know if you can get any kind of criminal 
investigation going in Washington, D.C. with this FBI? I don't know. It's beyond me. But first things first, I want to see Rand Paul have at this guy when Republicans have control. You know, they're always saying, oh, time's up, time's up. Hey, Jeff, you're a pretty sharp guy. What do you do? I do a lot of things, Greg. I do a lot of things. What do you mean by that? Well, I I broker private aircraft. I do private and corporate uh, jet uh, cabinet work. Um, I've been a, uh, a gifted mechanic my whole life. A gifted I do mechanic. I'm working people's homes. Wow. Um, I'm a, I'm a great chef. Uh, I'd love to be in radio at some point in my life. So when so somebody goes happen. up to you at a party, like what's the number one thing you say? Like, you know, what do you, so what do you do for a living? What do you, what do you say? Well, I'm a cabinet guy. I'm a cabinet maker. Excellent. 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 And you can put them, you install them in the private jet sometimes. Yeah. And I also fly too, man. What kind of plane? I learned in a, in a DA-20, and I fly a DA-20 or a 40. So. I should know what that is, but I don't. What does it look like? Is it low wing? What no, is no, it? No. It's, a, it's, a low, it's a low wing. It's a composite uh, made by Katana. Um, and where do you fly it out of? Where do you fly it out of? Well, mostly Orange County Airport up in Montgomery, New York. Yep, I've been there once. Very cool plane. Once? Uh, once, just once. once. Yeah. What do you fly? What do you fly when you fly, Greg? I'm just curious. I don't what do you fly. Like I don't fly very often at all. But I, I, I uh, Piper Cherokees or a Cirrus once in a blue moon. Yeah. Okay, man. All right. All right, hey, Jeff. Greg, thank you very you. much. Appreciate you bet. It. Same here. Same here. Uh, a sharp guy with a big future. Um, did he say he's interested in radio? All right. Don't ever call back. <laughs> I could not. No, I'm only kidding. Um, it's Friday, and in honor of Rush, I do like to take extra calls on Friday. Uh, Dennis, yes. Turn off your radio, Dennis. Come on. All right, never mind. Uh, Leo, Leo is standing by. Leo, yes. Good afternoon. Uh, I had originally some comments to the, to the rate of uh, suicides after the COVID, but it's not anymore so actual. Greg, can I tell you one sentence from the president who saw from the Cold uh, War times? which is so actual, so close what is going on over here. Uh, I, I, I have it memorized in my head because when I was like anti-communist underground back there before my immigration, I repeated it a thousand times. Say it. My translation may not be perfect, but Say I'm it. Try. This is the President Husak in a Czech, Czech Communist Republic. We, meaning uh, the, the communist leadership, we reserve the right to make decisions on your behalf because we have the resources to make educated decisions better than you. And we're going to, by any means, prevent you from making mistakes that would, in extent, hurt our uh, society and undermine our ideology. Who the hell said that? Who was the guy who first said that? Gustav No, I don't know if he said it first, but this was on one of his speeches. Uh, and actually, it was related to some problems of health at that time. All right. Gustav who? Gustav Husak. Uh, what country? Gustav Husak. That was Czechoslovakian communist president. He was originally from Slovakia. But uh, even, even maybe 20, 25 years uh President of Communist Czechoslovakia. All right, so we don't like that way of thinking. Why'd you memorize it? Oh, this was this was the very basic, actually, of problem. This they 
in communist, every aspect of your life is actually mandatory. They want to control you. They don't want. They don't want you to make your own ideas or think about what you're doing. You get just uniform. Every single one simulcast. Every single one, all made by some communist, um, you know, maker. All the buses was made in Hungary for all of these communist countries. They look all everywhere the same. It was just. Ridiculous. And so and so reminiscent what we're going through right now. Very, very reminiscent of what old Gustav was talking about. I'm going to look that up. Leo, I appreciate it. Stay in touch. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you on Newsmax tonight at 10. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.